As I invite our musicians to take uh, their seats in the congregation, I am excited to share that today is a very special day. Special personally for Peter, with it being his birthday. Special for what our flowers celebrate for one member of our congregation. But not just for people here, for today is World Rivers Day. I know. Uh, it's International Daughters Day, so hello to Millie and Izzy if you are in your pajamas watching at home. This morning, Zoe wouldn't know this, but it marks the end of Wife Appreciation Week. Uh, so hello to Zoe, who is, of course, amazing every single week. In addition, today is Spontaneous Compliment Day. So Alan, may I say you look particularly handsome this morning. It's also National Kiss Day. So, Alan, don't look so worried, not that handsome. It is National Punctuation Day, but that's not where the full stop goes on this introduction, because today is also Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the highest holy holiday in the Jewish calendar, when once a year the high priest entered the Holy of Holies, the innermost part of the temple, to offer sacrifices for the sins of the nation. And so to mark that, I have brought with me today two goats. For two spotless goats, just exactly like these, well, admittedly a little larger and livelier than these ones, formed a single combined offering sufficient to cover 365 days of sin for the nation. Two identical white goats, although one looks more like it was made on a Monday morning and the other perhaps slightly smaller one, last thing on a Friday afternoon. But these are ostensibly pure, unblemished white goats. Identical. So there's nothing to choose between them. But they're very different fates on Yom Kippur were therefore to be decided by God. So the priest would randomly draw lots. I have a dice here with red and blue spots matching their two collars that the underappreciated Zoe made for me earlier this week. So if you were one of the A's earlier, and we figured that out together well, didn't we? Uh, either on this side, my left, your right, uh, then your fate this morning is represented by the red collared goat. And if you were B, then that's easy, because your fate is B for blue, the same as that of our blue goat. So whichever lot God chooses in a moment, then, that goat will be sacrificed immediately as a blood offering on the altar. Its blood spilled as a substitute uh, in place of that of the nation. But under the temple system, while a blood sacrifice could ritually cleanse us, It could not take away, it could not remove our sins. Hebrews 10, verse 3. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So on the Day of Atonement, this is where the fate of our second goat comes in. Whichever goat escaped immediate sacrifice after the drawing of lots, the rolling of dice, then that became the escape goat, what we now know as the scapegoat, onto whose head 
the priest symbolically transferred all of the sins, failures, and wrongdoings and shame of the entire nation. Leviticus 16, verse 21. Aaron, that's the high priest, shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all of their sins, putting them on the head of the goat, and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat into the wilderness. And so this other goat, carrying the weight and shame and sin of the nation, was taken not just out of the temple, but far beyond the city gates, and out far, far, far out into the wilderness, where it could never be seen, never be heard, and never, ever return. So, sacrifice or scapegoat? It's not a great choice, I'll be honest with you, but every year it was left up to God which goat had which fate. And so this Yom Kippur, the dice has come up, not red or blue, but neither, white. God has chosen, but he chose neither. Not any of these goats will be harmed at all during this morning's service, because we too are safe once and for all, because God chose Jesus to be the sinless Lamb of God to become both the perfect spotless sacrifice for our sins and our escape goat, taking guilt and shame upon himself on the cross. We no longer need either sacrifices or scapegoats because what we celebrate today is that at the communion table, God has already chosen and accepted a single sufficient sacrifice. In Hebrews 10 Verse 11, we read, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, that is Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. For by one sacrifice... He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Once for all, this outrageous, unearned, unreasonable, miraculously unfair gift of grace. God's grace is simply not fair, and we should celebrate that unfairness because God does not give any one of us what we deserve, but instead gifts every one of us freely and generously, this unmerited, unwarranted, and unfair grace that none of us has earned. David Platt wrote, God doesn't owe us salvation for something we have done. He gives us salvation despite everything we have done. That's our sermon in a sentence this morning. God doesn't owe us salvation for something we have done. He gives us salvation despite everything we have done. For the kingdom of heaven, Jesus taught, is like a landowner, and that at the end of the day, that landowner rewards all of us equally, not according to our works or the wages agreed. Do we want 
what we deserve? Do we want God to give us our wages? Romans 6 verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. But on this National Punctuation Day, let us celebrate that that verse does not end with a full stop, but a comma. For the wages of sin is death, comma, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. As hard or as little as we work, however good or otherwise our behavior, however religious we try to be in our own strength, we can ultimately never earn anything other than death. Mercy, forgiveness, and eternal life can always, only, ever be a free gift from God. And so we must not be tempted, as the workers in the story are, to compare the undeserved and unearned grace that we have each freely received, either favorably or unfavorably with others. Once those who had agreed to a fair day's work for a fair day's pay see the landowner giving generously to other people, instead of celebrating these others' good fortune, they demand to be paid more generously themselves. Verse 12, this is the workers speaking. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. In the kingdom of heaven and before the altar of grace, all are equal. And Jesus tells how the landowner confronts those confounded by this outrageous generosity. Verse 15, Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? Grace is God's currency, and what he does with it is his gift alone to decide. And so when this landowner asks, are you envious because I am generous, what Jesus actually literally says is, is your eye evil because my eye is good? You see, the good eye is not talking about 2020 vision, but speaks of seeing with sincerity, devotion, and generosity. Whereas the opposite, a bad eye or evil eye, was used to describe people who were being greedy, selfish, or jealous. Matthew 6, verse 22, the same eyes. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? A person with bright, good eyes looks outward with compassion and generosity, seeing where people are hurting, noticing where there is need, and seeking to bless and help others in their struggles and difficulties. But those with bad eyes are always considering things, looking out to see what they can get and comparing with others, looking at what they have first and then complaining that they deserve something more themselves. In the light of God's grace, instead of comparing ourselves to one another, we are each called to be thankful for all we have received. For God's grace is not dispensed on merit. Forgiveness cannot be earned by works or by sacrifice, but is freely available to all just because he is gracious. You see, at the end of the day, it's all grace. 
it's always only ever been grace, from the beginning to the end. And that same grace that saved us has the breadth, the depth, the scope, the scale, the sufficiency to save all. Like the first goat, Jesus' death on the cross served as an atoning sacrifice, equally for all mankind. His precious blood shed in place of ours. Forgiveness and reconciliation for all who believe in him. And Jesus, the scapegoat for all humanity, bore our sins upon himself and on the cross, where they were nailed with him, so that when he says, it is finished, our sins are taken away. Psalm 103. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Communion, then, connects us to that pivotal moment of sacrifice and salvation. It's our personal Yom Kippur, where we approach God's mercy seat, reminded that we are already forgiven, not by the blood of goats, but by the body and blood of Christ. So both our goats are safe from any unfair suffering, and no matter our past, so is every person here. This morning you are invited to his table, not as a ritual that one day we may be found deserving, but simply to remember, to surrender, and to receive. For it is here alone that we can be restored, and it is he alone that can remove our guilt and shame. The annual festival of atonement, the entire temple and sacrificial system, has been replaced once for all by Jesus. Hebrews 10, verse 16. This is the new covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Communion, like the Day of Atonement, is a time both of joyful celebration at God's grace and somber reflection at the cost of bearing the weight of our sins and carrying them away. Through communion, we will in a moment participate in his sacrifice. We will receive his forgiveness and we will be united in his love. Just as the sacrificial goat atoned for sins and the scapegoat took them away, Jesus unjustly and unfairly bore our sins upon the cross and offers us forgiveness and reconciliation with God. As we prepare to partake 
in communion together this morning. Let us remember the profound sacrifice of our Savior and the unity that we have and find in him. Thanking God for his outrageous generosity, our undeserved sacrifice, and Christ's unfair but ultimate act of love. Amen. As I invite our musicians to take their places, and as a way of sort of a prayer, as a reflection and a response to what we've heard individually this morning, and what we're about to share together, I would like to read a poem by Reed Alan Ferguson. In this be all our hope and rest, just Jesus' blood and righteousness. We dare not trust our best works done, or wars with sin we might have won. For all our best is but by grace, the smallest step in this our race. By mercy shown and grace applied, the blood of Christ the crucified. Let every thought of self-good go, and do not fear to think too low. If his be all your righteousness, no sins too black to full confess. His blood suffices all to cleanse, when faith on him alone depends. In this be all your hope and rest, in Jesus' blood and righteousness.